This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Urkel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It is my honor to bring Janice Constantine on the podcast. Janice is the Director of Client Operations and Sports Agent at ETM Agency and the wife of the Strength and Conditioning Coach, Paul Constantine, and Director of Applied Science for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Roll Tide. (laughs) I'm about to read a lot of information because if you do a little Google search on you, it is quite impressive. In fact, I'm a little nervous right now. Don't okay. Be, don't be. We are starting with your career first. You've recently joined ETM. Prior to that, you're the assistant women's basketball coach, pro coaching there from 2020 to 2023. You helped the Crimson Tide to two NCAA tournaments, including the team's first NCAA tourney since 1999, and an appearance in the 22 WNIT Great Eight. You joined Alabama after spending four seasons at Indiana, where you helped that team set the program records for overall wins, Big Ten wins, and made the Big Ten tournament semifinals for the first time since 2006. As a player, 2004 Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Indiana, and you went on to play at Wisconsin. Okay, I'm not done. Okay, your husband has spent the past three years in in season four right now at Alabama, and you have a little bit of jewelry involved because you won the national title in 2020, uh, played for it in 21, and going last season into the Sugar Bowl with a win, capping off an 11-2 season, right now doing quite well. How do you balance all of this? I got a three-letter word for you, and that is G-O-D, God. He is literally the reason we make it. Seriously, I tell people that all the time. Um, when, when I was working, when I was coaching, that was I got that question all the time. Like, hands down, probably number one question. I, I would literally look at them and be like, Jesus, because I don't know. I, I, it's not me. It's not my strength. It's not anything I do. Trust me. I am a usually exhausted i'm sleepy you know we got in it but we, we we just keep going you know but he has he sustained us he's been our foundation um it's how we keep our love strong it's how we keep the fun in our marriage you know um so yeah that that's literally how we balance it all it, it's not us i promise like we we would fall short we probably fall smack dead on our face and like you know what I mean everything would just blow up but um he does he keeps us going he keeps us um he keeps us loving what we do um he keeps us meeting amazing people I love the relationships that's probably my favorite part 
about sports is I love the relationships that I'm able to build. And I feel like usually when I start with somebody, like I usually can just hit it off strong and we're buds. <laughs> We've met the last couple of minutes. I'm, I, I feel like I have a friend for life over here. No, seriously, like, yes. I'm sure we would be talking way beyond the podcast. <laughs> okay, so you have a couple of kids. You're balancing these two careers. I, when I think about that type of thing, I always think about these two must have some character traits um, that they have developed along the way to make them so successful. So let's talk with your husband about your husband because it's sometimes it's easier to talk about somebody else. Yeah. So what stands out from your perspective, from those type of traits that really led him to be able to coach at Alabama? Yeah, he he's an extremely hard worker. He he really is, but he's a I'm gonna call it I don't know if behind the scenes hard worker is the right way to say it, but he he does. He works extremely hard from the moment I've met him. Um, he's just been dedicated to his craft. One of the things that stands out to me about him is he gets to work usually an hour early. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter if they have a lift coming up, it doesn't matter if he has a meeting or if he's just going to work. You know, he he wants to make sure he's around, he wants to make sure nobody's looking for him. You know, if something needs to be set up or done last minute, like he just likes to be on it. So to me, that is what has propelled him um, to here at Alabama. Because even when we were at Indiana, um, he the coach that brought him in, um, he got fired, and then Coach Blue had came in. And it's always it's always difficult, right? When you're transitioning coaches, like you have to, you feel like you have to prove yourself. You know, you feel you, you have doubt. You know, and so you go through things. Is he like me? Is he going to keep me? I'm not his guy. You know, and we have built, I mean, that's our family now. Um, and we we love the guy that he was with previously. We still keep in touch with them. They're our family as well. But, you know, the Blues have became our family. Um, his wife is amazing. They're amazing with our kids. I love their kids. And so um, just having to prove himself and work for that. I mean, that's why he was able to come to Alabama with him because he really is. He's an extremely hard worker. And I think that is just going to keep um, him going. Um, and I think that's why he's the director now. And, you know, um, I'm sure he wants to shop be a head strength coach soon. And I'm sure it will happen. Okay, let's talk about your career a little bit. What are some of the things that you've made a priority in your life that has really been a factor in the incredible success that you've had professionally? I think, and I don't, I don't mean this to sound corny, but just truly loving people. I, I really think like that's helped me in treating people right. Like, um, and again, I don't like, not that I'm not a hard worker, not that I'm not competitive and nothing like that, but I think one of the things that, I try to do in the relationships that I have that sustain me. And I can say for the most part, I feel like I still have pretty strong relationships, even going back from college to AAU days to things like that. I really just, I focus on people and loving them and treating them right and making them feel like they're the most important person in the room. Where did you grow up? And take me back to those AAU days. I have a daughter right now that's 12 years old, and she's going to listen to every word of this podcast. Listen <laughs> to what your kind of advice you're handing out here. But did you grow up and see this path? I mean, as a player like you were in the Big Ten, uh, coaching, an incredible coaching career, now switching gears into the agency side of things. A, a coach is what? Did you foresee this? No, no, I didn't. When I started playing sports, I saw I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out. <laughs> um, my brother plays sports. My dad plays sports. My mom plays sports. So we were a sports family. Um, and, and then obviously having a big brother and seeing what he did. And um, it, it, it just it motivated me. I always wanted to be around him and his, his what he was doing. I was tall as well when I was growing up. 
Um, I literally towered over everybody. So like literally my nickname in school used to be Baby Shaq. Like I literally thought I was gonna be like Lisa Lessa, I thought I'd be Duncan, like I was huge. Then come middle school, everybody kind of passed me up. So that dreamed of being six five didn't really work out too well. <laughs> but um I, I never I never knew what the game of basketball would bring me. Um, but I'm so thankful it did. Um and I love it. I, I love I've loved my life, I've loved the decisions I've made, I've loved what is done for me and obviously when the WBA came you know when I, I can't remember how old I was I was probably not maybe I can't remember mm, can't remember but I was young enough to I remember like I, it's so nostalgic now to look on TV and see like Teresa Weatherspoon is now you know the Chicago Sky head coach or looking to see Cheryl Swoops and the things she's doing or leave. like I'm like I watched you guys and one of the coolest things for me is coming into coaching now is some of the coaches that were in the WBA who now coach and I'm like, I see them and it's like kind of starstruck, but she's like, she used to be a bucket. I, I really seriously, when Nakeisha Sales is an assistant at Georgia now, and I remember her in her UConn days. I remember her, her Detroit shock days. And I would literally, when we were coaching against her, I'd be like, I mean, Warren was like, man, she's a bucket. She was a bucket. Like I'm thinking about the days and stuff she used to do. <laughs> or like we saw Swing Cash when we went to, um, a, we went to a game last year in Birmingham and Swing Cash is with the Pelicans. And I was like, yo. She was so good back at UConn. So anyway, so I, I just, you know, I do. I love I love what the game has brought to me and the people it has allowed me to meet, the places it has allowed me to go. So, Isn't it incredible to see where I'm veering off a little bit, but where yeah. women's basketball has grown in the last couple of years, and especially this past year, it was so fun to watch. No, it, it, I, it's like, it, it is phenomenal. I, that's probably not even a um, the right word to even use, but to just, even last night, to see what Iowa um, was able to do at that football stadium, I think they brought over 55,000 people to watch a women's game. Those kids to play in the, here's the thing, I was like, oh my God, okay, triple-double Caitlin Clark in the cold? Mm, that girl, some serious, you know? Or, like, I remember back when I was in Indiana and our WNBA final, I mean, WNIT um, championship game, it was almost 12,000 people there, um, you know, or like to watch the LSU um, Iowa game or to see what Virginia Tech did. It's just, it's mind blowing. Or even just, and I know we're talking about women's basketball, but women's sports, like what Nebraska volleyball did, like it's, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, and I'm always going to like support, tweet, you know, retweet Instagram, post stories about things like that. And it's also fun. Like when I know, I know. Um, I know the Iowa, the whole Iowa staff pretty well, but one of my, um, she's, she's, she's a sis of mine. I wanted their assistants, like, just to see, I'm like, oh, you're really living like the life, like that's like celebrity life. Like Caitlin Clark's being followed around. She's in the State Farm commercials. My friend that said, my friends that are at LSU right now, like they like went to the, the, they went to the ESPYs. I'm like, what? Like you're literally like, you're living, you're living in celebrity lifestyle right now. So it's really cool to see, it's you know, cool. seeing some of my players get drafted you know, last year, like Grace Berger and Brittany Davis. I mean, it's just, it's really, I watch and I think the game, the game is just, it gives so much. And I love, and I think it's just going to keep keep growing because I think the talent continues to just um, elevate. It is neat. I was definitely watching my daughter, Courtney, just taking it all in. It's a lot of fun. Okay. You guys watching the w, are you guys watching the WNBA? Well, no, in college. We, we've been watching college women's basketball as well. So oh, it's yeah. just fun to watch, especially, you know, the NCAA tournament just, watching it like honestly we watch the men's you know oh, so that yeah. that changed nothing like, you can't miss a game yeah, seriously. yeah okay so how did you guys meet how'd you meet coach so we met um back in 2000 it was the end of 2016 i think or maybe 17 i can't remember honestly um but it was at indiana and 
excuse me, we literally were at the all staff meeting and we were, he doesn't remember all these intricate details, um, but we were walking in a serving line to get some food. I was on one side, he was on another and it was kind of like, what's up coach? What's up coach? And he called everybody, yeah, you know, my name is everybody's coach, right? And so that was just a very casual meet and greet. And then we saw each other a couple of times passing in the dining halls, um, the hallways. Of course, I was always on the phone. So it was like, again, hey, coach, hey, coach, you know, very casually. And then we found out that we basically had some mutual friends. So one of the guys on the football staff who my husband was close with, um, his wife was my high school teammate and like a sister to me. Um, and so, you know, I think he was nudging them a little bit like, Hey, you know, the women's basketball coach, you know, and then of course, you know, girl talk and, you know, I'm talking to one of my girls. I'm like, Ooh, I got the lunchtime was kind of fine. She's like, you, you know, we're nudging each other. Like you want somebody to say something? I'm like, no girl, I can't be looking thirsty. Like, no, we can't nobody gonna say that. If he don't approach me, no, you know? And so a couple interactions later, a couple, um, you know, meet, meet, meet passes. I say, they weren't even meeting greets. Uh, I said sometime he sent me a Facebook request and uh, it was like, and I had two Facebook accounts at that time it was, and he sent it to my professional one. Okay. And so I didn't really check that one all the time. So it was, I was like, and so I actually took the first step after he sent the friend request after I accepted it. They were about to play, I'll never forget, they were about to play Purdue. It was Thanksgiving weekend. I'm like, hey, good luck. Um, you know, this weekend, I'm just, you know, gotta say good luck, right? I was outside to any coach. I wasn't, you know, and so, and then he responded back. And then one thing led to another. I, we had a game coming up. I invited him to our game. He came. Um, and then after he, he came, we kept going back and forth on Messenger. He was about to go home for Thanksgiving. No, no, no. His family was coming to town for Thanksgiving. I was going back up to Indianapolis. And yeah, just one thing led to another. And I honestly was like, I don't check. I, and I didn't, I did not check my Facebook message that much. Right. And so I literally, I wasn't even trying to like throw him a bone or whatever. I literally was like, Hey, I don't check this a lot because I think I went like an hour or two without responding. I was like, I don't check this a lot. Um, so like, if you want to keep talking, and I think I gave him my number. Um, and right away, he sent me a message. And literally from, from that day on, when I say we literally did not miss a beat talking. Like, and he was really good. Like, it wasn't just texting. Like, he would pick up the phone and call. And if you know my husband now, it's like, tell him, you was, you was playing for real. He is the biggest introvert ever. So talking on the phone for him is like, pulling teeth like he does not want to talk on the phone so knowing that he made those sacrifices we saw each other every day we we talked every day like he made a lot of intentional you know uh, moves I would say <laughs> to win me over wow those were the fun days right but not every day you feel like it's a big win so what would you say now looking back at the past couple years you're married you've been at different places What's some of the toughest adversity you faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments? Um, again, I'll go back to my faith. Um, it is really, really important to me and it's the, the foundation of why I make certain decisions. And so some of the, obviously, I think some of the toughest things that we go through is some of the moves that we make. Um, leaving Indiana was really, really hard for me. It was really, really hard. We left in the middle of COVID. Uh, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was leaving a dream job. Seriously, you know, I could have still been there. Um, I was close to my family. You know, we had just had our first son. I'm 45 minutes up the road. Uh, we're winning. We're building this thing. I mean, they're still build, They're still building that. They're not, they're not even building it now. They got it. This is there. <laughs> they, you know, they won the championship. They won the Big Ten last year. And so, um, Coach Moore is doing a phenomenal job. So yeah. So leaving was was, was difficult. You know, um, so that's probably one of the toughest things we've been. You know, we've been through was just that that fear that I mean I, I literally was like I moved out here to Alabama I I had lived in I did live in Auburn for a year I was a GA there 
So I've been to Alabama before, but now I'm like, I'm leaving my career. I'm leaving, I'll be honest, I'm leaving good money. Like, we went, I mean, it was, let's just, we went down to having one car. I had to give back my dealer car. Like, we bought a house for the first time. I, it, it was, again, it's COVID. Who knows where the world's going? Like, it was just a lot. And I was staying at home with a child. And I'm like, I don't, I don't do this. I don't, what? Staying at home, I have no car. Like, we're outside. Like, I'm just like, oh, oh, okay, what is this, you know? And so, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful. I was thankful in three weeks. Uh, you know, Coach Curry gave me the opportunity to coach here. But that was a big challenge for us, you know? And I think the one thing that sustained me, again, was just my faith in God, knowing that he is always taking care of me. He always will. Um, and I believe in that. And I believe in my husband. You know, I believe in my husband. And I believe in my husband because I believe in God. And, allow, and believing in God allows me to believe in the man that he placed for me, you know what I mean? Um, to handle his business, to take care of our family, to make sure we wouldn't go without to get, he was working hard. Um, and I think that the one thing that gets us through is just our communication style. I, I think we do a really good job. Um, it's hard, it's difficult, don't get me wrong. I, I truly am understanding now, we're in year five, and I'm truly understanding now why people say marriage is work, you know? And I like to say, but I also like to add, but it's like, it's fun work. It's intentional work, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing. It's intentional work. I don't like, I don't like how people make it a negative connotation of marriage and work. Cause I feel like you turn people off from like wanting to be married and marriage is so beautiful. I would not want to do life with anyone else. And I would not want to do life by myself anymore. Now that I have my husband, you know, but I, I understand now when they say yeah. it's work, but I think, the, I think our ability to communicate with each other through the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the sad um, allows us to make it over um, different humps and phases in our life. Well said. I think that would be very tough what you walk through, which is following his career when you have this incredible career. And and I don't know the exact story is that you you probably weren't guaranteed a job at your next spot. I mean, no, like, not at all. No, not, I literally like, when I came here, I was like, oh, I'm about to be a stay-at-home mom. I was looking up like, tutoring online i'm looking i'm like what can i do you know but at that time still serious i'm not sure we still have one car so i'm like i can't go anywhere you know and i'm like it was just oh gosh lord have mercy <laughs> those three weeks were those three weeks were a challenge we got that sister we didn't have internet right away when we moved down here so like i couldn't even like stream netflix like i'm, like, I'm popping we're popping in dvds blu-rays like it was, oh man! And then, and then there's my little uh, eight-month-old baby, just just without a care in the world, just as happy as can be, love, you know. And I'm, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was the unknown. I'm telling you, it was the unknown. It's a step of faith for you too, as a person. That is so oh, hard. Absolutely. I'm on the side, absolutely. career side, not as prolific as yours, but uh, you know, dying to yourself to, to, for that common goal of what you feel like God's called you to is not always easy every single day. How do you guys decide with two involved careers, which step you take, you know? Well, we had, we had talked about this in dating because we knew we, we was like, okay, we're both in coaching. This is a crazy profession. I um, you know, I had got a couple, um, I guess offers, if you want to say throughout, you know, we were dating and we first got married to go other places, but um, I knew I wanted to be in Indiana. I was happy there. I, I loved who I worked for. And again, I'm 45 minutes from home. Like you just don't get much better in this career than, than what I had, you know? Um, I mean, PJ came to work with me every day. I mean, seriously, I, I had a mate, you know? And so, um, 
but we knew a couple things. We knew we didn't want to separate. You know, we knew we didn't want to live um, separate from each other. So we decided that early on in, in dating, uh, which I, I tell people all the time, I knock nobody that does it, though. I think you have to do what works for you. You do it. I know people who do it and thrive still. Um, but that's just not what we wanted for us. So we made that decision early on. And then I think when it came down, seriously, I, I, I remember this conversation like it was yesterday. He had told me, you know, Coach Blue had got an interview. Um, and once Blue got the job, he said, Blue wants me to come with him. And I literally looked at him. I said, do you want to go? And he said, yes. I said, okay, I guess we're going. Like it was that that was that's how it went. And so, and a couple of the reasons why I think it was so easy. I never I he has a higher aspiration in this profession than I did. Like I he wants to be a head strength coach. Um I do I never wanted to be a head coach. I, I knew that. I knew that from jump. I've known that since I was single, you know. Um I love I love the mentoring aspect of basketball. I didn't like thrive to be have to sit in the t- to the, the seat. I, I didn't. I, I loved what I could pour into young ladies. I, every now and again, I'm like, man, I, 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 but then I'm like, oh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> that ain't what God got for me, you know? And so I think that's what made it, um, you know, easy to make that decision is I, I knew he had, and I knew coming here, it's once in a lifetime. You know what I mean? I mean, Alabama football, you just, I, I don't know who says no, you know? And so, um, and I'm thankful I did. And, and it, it just, it, it confirmed to me, like every decision in my life that God has always aligned my life the way it's supposed to be and aligned it to where he's just going to take care of us all the time. So that's how we decided his career was more of like, he, he had more aspirations. And then I began, I was so thankful when I came down here that I got opportunity to, again, uh, live out my dream of still coaching. So I was very, very thankful for my, um, three years I had here. Um, again, what's we, still, um, Again, you know, because even with two kids, I mean, it just got, it continued to be more difficult. You know what I mean? And just, just with our kids getting older, um, my husband's demands, you know, he went from just being assistant now to a director. Like, so the demands are higher, you know, he works more, he has to attend more things. And so at some point I I knew it was going to be time for me to walk away. Um, Whether we had baby three or not, I think it was more of a, like, this is very hard. Like we, you know, babysitters out, out, out coming out the wazoo, you know, coming home I, I we, we we joke now like I really feel like I missed Ace's baby stages like I feel like I'm my husband well, we say I, my husband raised Ace <laughs> which is crazy now to think about I'm like how did he even do that well again he um he was the director at the time so he didn't have as much as as much and like, he still worked hard it was a lot but um I mean he'd have to leave practice early pick the kids up I was out recruiting I mean I'm doing all the things you know and so we joke about it all the time like I like my husband raised Ace I missed I missed <laughs> I think that's why I'm soaking up everything now with JoJo's because I, like, I feel like I missed that with Ace, you know? Yes, and you just navigated another change, which is you decided to go into leave coaching and go into the sports agency side. I mean, walk me through that decision. And then what stood out to you about ETM? So it, it was kind of a – I didn't have, like, an agenda to be a sports agent. Like, when I was – I knew I was leaving coaching. Like, that was that was kind of, like, a non-negotiable. Like, we knew we weren't going to come with another third child into another season. What I was going to do next was up in the air. So I really got um, good at navigating LinkedIn. I'll be very honest. I actually hired um, a cousin of mine. She was kind of my career coach. Um, so I literally hired her, paid her. Um, to help me get my LinkedIn together, help me kind of figure out how to navigate it. And so I kind of got really good at that. So yeah, I kind of navigated LinkedIn and then um, 
met 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 someone on LinkedIn that, that linked me with Tyler basically. So Kelly Brooks linked me with Tyler. Um, Tyler and I talked a, a couple times, and it was it was there. I mean, I thought I, I could sense his genuineness. I could sense his passion for what he has started. You know, when you start your company from the ground up, I mean, he he called it. He's like, that's my baby, you know. And so, and again, it gave me a chance to still take care of people. Like I wasn't learning a whole like I I'm saying I looked up how to be a project manager. I looked up I was I was all the things on LinkedIn. Okay, I was gonna do all the things, and so but I think this aligned with what I love to do, and it's still taking care of people, taking care of coaches. I'm just doing it in a different realm of adults, you know. Um, and, and so I think it kind of made it like an easy transition for again God opened another door for this to be something that I could walk in. And like I said, Tyler's Tyler's passion, his genuineness, his um, his willingness to even kind of scramble to talk to people that knew me um that could give me good recommendations like i mean it was it wasn't any conversation where he was just like he hadn't hired anybody he was a one-man show like handling all his business all his clients and he was just like i've been so nervous to hire someone um but he was like i feel like this is it so incredible stuff okay so you've been a coach for years and you've seen things on many different levels you know you've played professionally a bit you've been a part of a lot of teams so you see this coaching thing from a completely different perspective than maybe some of the other wives like myself. <laughs> uh, so when you think about Alabama, you think about coach Nick Saban and what he has built. So what's different about the culture there than maybe some of the other places you've experienced? One, I want to give a shout out to his 200th win. I think that's incredible um, for, for what he's done here. And, and again, I'm going to go the, 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 the work ethic and the culture that's built here. I mean, I mean, these, these guys, these people, Coach Saban, they they live, eat, sleep, breathe, dream winning, you know. And, and so the the commitment, the dedication, he he wants to do things to perfection. He wants to do things the right way. He wants to go about it over and over again. So the details, um, like I said, the hard work, and I know because I see that my husband, like the things that they do, um, the way he goes about trying to build relationships with his players, and not and not tries to, he does. You can you can see it from the way his former players speak about him, and the people you hear kids say all the time. I knew what I wanted my future in football to be. I knew I had to come to Alabama. I knew I wanted to play in the NFL. I had to play for Coach Saban, you know. And so I think his I, I, I think his resume speaks for itself. I mean, you look you can't look on TVs on Sundays and not hear multiple names from a from a team that they played at Alabama, you know, and it's been really fun and cool to see now the players that my husband has coached and the ones he's really close with to see them now. I mean, we cheer for, you know, we, I'm fans, you know, I'm fans of all the teams, all the players. And, and so I do, I, I just think his culture that he's built here uh, of, of winning, of competitiveness, of driven to again, to be great, um, just spills over into pretty much everybody. Okay. So I've interviewed a lot of coaches' wives. I think you are, maybe 102 of my guests and from many different iconic programs, but I have never interviewed anybody from Alabama. So I have a few people that have reached out, Hey, when the chance comes up and here you are, would you ask a few of these fan yeah. questions? Okay. Let's go. Take some Alabama fan questions. I got you. Okay. All right. Does Miss Terry get the wives together? Do the families get together with coach Saban and Miss Terry? Yeah, they do. So we we have a good time. So on Sundays, there's always a dinner available um, to the families to come up. And we know, know, especially during football season, how you know how much our uh, husbands work. So being able to do that, she always throws the best Easter egg hunt for the kids, um, and they love it. That she could take them around and the um, 
like the track, I don't want to call it a tractor trailer, but basically, in, in the, I'll call it a golf cart, but it's a fancy golf cart. <laughs> she takes the kids around. She loves up on them. During recruiting season, we go to her house um, afterwards. Coach David actually talked about that on an uh, on a, a interview. He was talking about how he likes to dance, and he really does. I've witnessed him all night. The, the man, man's got a nasty electric slide, a little cha-cha slide, all, all, the, all, the, all the line dances he knows. So he's got some moves. And so Miss Terry is very sweet. She always is trying to connect the wives. Uh, we do different things in the community. Um, so yeah, she she's a sweetheart. We love her. Do you think she's impacted the culture there? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you see people now. I mean, what is it after the? Um, I think it was a Texas A&M game. People were like give Miss Terry a statue outside of Bryant Denny Stadium. <laughs> you know, when you saw her hugging Arnold coming off the field, she does. She she loves this program. Seriously, I she. I'm not trying to be funny. She probably works just as hard as Coach Saban. I mean, with her foundation and she's very involved in recruiting. I mean, she knows the recruits are talking to. She knows the phone calls lined up. She sends us emails and different things usually after Saturdays about what's coming up next and how the week's looking and what she's going to be doing. And so she, she, she works really hard. And I think she understands, again, the commitment when you marry a coach, what it takes, you know, and, and this is not just a, but Nick Saban show. I mean, he 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 has a strong woman behind him who who, who helps make him go, you know. And so I, I think she has definitely helped impact because I think she again I think she brings that love, the family, the out, you know. But Nick Saban's not hooking those guys like Miss Terry is when they're coming off the field, <laughs> put them in their face, tell them I love you, you know. She's, she's awesome. Okay, who who's in charge at home, Coach or Miss Terry? Miss Terry. And I think we all know that. <laughs> Miss Terry, and look, again, you heard his interview, right? He goes, Miss Terry told me if they weren't acting right to get on them. So that's what I did. <laughs> so, no, I, I think Miss Terry's calling the shots. And I think Coach Saban, I think he knows that that uh, he, he keep her happy and, and things will roll smoothly. Okay, let's talk about your kids and how you're going to navigate this. I'm very interested to hear your answer to this. I've mentioned multiple times. I have three kids, but two of them will play sports one day. Um, and how do you navigate, especially pressures like you, who have seen it at, at such a high level? Have you thought about how you're going to approach some of these expectations and pressures that coaches' kids do have on them? Yeah, I, I do. And I, I look, I always say it's always easy to say what you're going to do now when you're not in it, you know. And I, I don't think right now, so PJ is involved, he's doing soccer right now. I just signed him up for Taekwondo, we're going to do basketball. Um, after that, and then in the summer, they did tumbling. Um, and last year, PJ did soccer. Ace is not old enough, as soon as Ace gets old enough, signing him right up. But he loves it, he loves going to practice and watching. And he tries to get out there. I have to kind of, you know, rein him back because there's the, the big boys and girls out there. But I, I really, truly, I, I pray with all of my heart that I will allow them to choose one what they want to do. Um, and they will only do it if they're having fun. And they will only do it if that's what they want to do. Um, I, I, but and I say that you know, what I mean, the, the good, I will say this: the only rule is you have to do something. Like you're not, we're not going to just sit around on the couch. So you got to do something. Uh, but maybe that won't be sports. Like maybe you, I mean, maybe they're going to get involved and they're going to. I mean, ooh, it'd be hard for me not to have, have no sports in the house. But <laughs> that's what I say. I say that now. But um, you're going to do something, and you're always going to start whatever you finish. I'm sorry, you're always going to finish what you start. So we get in. And now, especially when you're choosing, like right now, my husband's always like, but you may, like, oh, we did T-ball too. PJ did T-ball. Um, so if he starts something, you know, we're always going to finish. Um, 
but I, I do. I, I want them to have fun. I want them to enjoy it. But I, and I want them to be competitive, and I want them to. But I don't. I don't want the pressures of making them feel like I have to choose a travel team when they're super young. I, I feel like I don't want to feel like I have to get them a trainer. Now again, if this is the, if these are things they want, like if he's coming to me, and he's like, "Hey, mommy, I want to do this. Hey, mommy, I want to do that." Now I'll support it. I'll do it. But want, now we're gonna have some standards. If I'm gonna invest, so are you. You know, if I'm going to give and be driving everywhere and doing all things, you, you're going to put the work in, you know. And so, but and then if you want to just do it recreationally for fun, then we can do that, too. You know, but we're not going to be getting up and down these highways if you just, you know, we're going to. So I think that that's the thing. But I, and I, I one thing I do also, too, is I enjoy cheering for everybody's kid. I really do. Even soccer now, like whoever scores, I'm cheering like PJ scored. You know what I mean? I want everyone to feel supported and loved. Um and not that I'm just one-sided uh, for my son. Okay, so if you could help people understand what we as coaching families go through, what would that be? And then, of course, coupled with that, which is when things don't go so well, how do you handle kind of the pressure of and block out social media? So how, how do you handle those two types of things? Yeah, I think being a coach, a former coach, I guess if you would say, has helped me. Um, social media doesn't – I mean, it – Sometimes it gets to me. <laughs> I know how I know you can't, you know, you can't go back at people. I know you can't respond. Um, you know, we all have our mindsets of I'm starting a burner account, all those kind of things. We never do it, but we all we all want to, right? We all want to say things. Uh, but I usually just I, I block it down. I'm like, these these people have no idea. That's it. And I'm like, I look at them so I'm I just start laughing. So social media doesn't really bother me. Um, families don't bother me, what people say. I, I think just making sure that my husband and I are always on a united front, you know what I mean? And so, and that goes through, I'm telling you, we have to really, there's times, especially when I was coaching, you know, if something was happening, you want the wife answer, you want the coach answer. You know, we'd have to, we'd have to always make sure that, because you might want the, you know, maybe you need me to just listen right now. You really, you know, you may respond, you know, and we have to keep each other grounded in perspective. Like, I mean, and there, and I, for example, and I won't use any specific game, but let's say there's a game, win or lose, you know, let's say he wants to say negative, something negative. I'm like, nope, you won. We're going to celebrate. We're going to be excited. Let's say I want to say some negative. Watch. I'm like, why did he? He's like, nope, we won. You know, and then there's sometimes we both want to say some negative. So we give each other about five minutes to just, and then we're like, okay, now we've, we've had it out. Let's go. We won. Like, right. We have to celebrate. We have to celebrate the wins. It's too much that goes into the season. It's too much that happens. And so, being able to hold each other accountable in that manner. But again, I think because I've coached the 70 seats, I know what it feels like. So I know the things, one, I know football, and I don't know it as deep as he knows. But like I know sports, I know football, I know things are going through. So I think I have a little bit of inside advantage. Like I can imagine like being clueless, like, right? Like I'm just like, yay. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that, I don't know what that would feel like, right? So yeah, for us, I think it's just having a common, being on the same page and having an understanding that, um, we, we love what we do. And we also, one of the things, we try not to bring it home. So, like, once you walk in this door, your dad, your husband, like, coach is gone. You know, and there are times I've had to remind him, too, when he's talking to our kids. I'm like, these ain't your players. They're not 20. Why are you talking about four? Why are you treating a four-year-old like he should know what's going on? You know? And, you know, he's like, because, he, you know, he's raising to be a man and all, you know. And so, I, I you know, and so I don't give him too hard of a time. But sometimes I'm like, all right, coach, you, you can go back out. So you, you can leave that out the door. <laughs> once, once we walk up and through here, you husband and dad, you can leave that coach tone. Leave that whistle in the car. 
I know. Sometimes it takes them a minute to just go, hang on, I'm switching well, gears. And that's why, and again, I think that understanding is sometimes one of the best things you can do, go go allow them to take that shower when they get home, that 15 minutes of decompressive because don't bring that up in here. <laughs> go take that to the bathroom, go take that to the shower. And now, now hurry up because I've been with these kids all day. <laughs> I need a little help. <laughs> yeah, hurry up now. We got dinner to eat. So, you know, I think just again, that, that balance of understanding I mean, just for an example, I'll give you an example. We did this Sunday. You know, we we we've been switching to go to um, church in the evening, but uh, you know, my husband came home. He was exhausted. I could tell. He fell asleep on the couch literally within like five minutes. And I was folding laundry, and at some point, the kids were still asleep. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody needs to rest. So everybody rested, and you know, we 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 didn't we haven't missed out on our Christianity or missed our blessing because we we still you know we live our lives. You know, we don't define about if we make it to church or not, but how you know, God views us or whatever, because we live our lives daily, you know, to honor him. And so you just have that pulse, you know, but again, I think that, I don't know if it's the coach of me, maybe some otherwise do that, but I think having that pulse of understanding, like, okay, he's really tired. Like he's really exhausted. Like everybody get a moment. Don't, cause I can come on, I can have a to-do list of 50 things to do. Hey, you can come home. You can do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, you know? So I think having that, having that understanding of, you know what, let's, 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 let's hold off on that. Yes. I agree. I think that's a great part about communication. I think you've hit the nail on the head, which is, you know, just recently I'm thinking, okay, maybe I need to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and hire somebody to go help me out over here because he's not going to be able to make it. I don't want to put that pressure on him to hurry home, to pick this one up at travel, you know, when maybe I need to figure it out, reallocate some things because you have to be able to hear the other one out. And sometimes too, it's also not putting that pressure then on you though, to have to like, overcompensate like you know you said oh we can we can do this instead of making everybody like you know what i mean because that's what <laughs> that, you know we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves too as women that's what i tell people all the time i am not superwoman i'm not super mom i'm not trying to be you know so if that means that some is left undone i think all things have to get done they just don't have to get done right now that's solid because we feel like, you know, I'm a football wife right now. Yeah. I feel like it all has to get finished by this certain time. And that's not feasible. That's unrealistic expectations. And I'm sure that's what you coached your, uh, you know, your young ladies through for years. Yeah. And you are, and again, you know, you work, work hard and outwork everybody and make the sacrifices and the discipline. And I'm like, that all was cool on the court. But in this life, my, my, my sanity, my goodness. So me and the kids, if we want to, we're going to go walk outside instead of me cleaning up something. Now, I am, not again, I like to keep things together, but then when there are times where things get, like, too much, I'm like, oh, they don't all have to get done. <laughs> not today. Because who am I? Like, oh, oh, these dishes don't have to get washed. The house is not going to explode because these dishes don't get washed tonight. They'll still be there tomorrow. I'll get them tomorrow. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Or I'm going to just sit on the couch. That's, that's okay, too. I don't have to be going to bed. Like, I literally, like, Oh yeah, no. I'm just gonna go put my feet up for five minutes because I've had somebody calling me, touching me, needing me all day. Nope. It is the freedom to have some grace. Okay, yeah. so when I started this podcast, there was no nil. There wasn't the transfer portal like it is. How have you seen some things impacted to that? How have you adapted those changes, and how have you seen it be a difference from your perspective? Obviously, you're at Alabama. You're not at a group of five work. You know. But it's changed things. It's changed the way probably communicate with players and all that. What I just want to hear from your perspective as been a coach for a long time. 
yeah, it, 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 it was it was difficult. You know, it got to be difficult because again, you're, you're you feel like you're going outside of the what the beauty of the sport is and what the and what you used to be at a coach. And so now you're having conversations with people and their first question is you're talking to them, well, how much can you give me? Well, how much? It's like, what? That's what we doing now? You know, and I don't, you know, I try to tell people all the time, I don't knock you wanting to take care of yourself. And I don't, I don't knock what it was intended for, but you know, it's gotten away from a little bit of name, image, and likeness. And you know, now you, now we shift, you know, sometimes we'll pay to play and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, just give me this. And, oh, you don't want to work for it. You don't want to do nothing for it. Oh, you think, Oh, everybody think they're supposed to be Kayla Clark, Andrew Reese, Mackenzie Holmes. Like, then you're supposed to just be up there. Don't work like that, you know. And so, you know, it, it, it shifted a little bit, but I think you you had to remain. You you had to learn to adapt. I will say that if you want to if you want to continue to thrive and stay up there and stay, you you adapt or you get left behind, you know. And so I think that's one of the things that. Um, no, but you can hire people to do that. You know, that's where a lot of these schools are. You can hire the experts to do that and get your kids involved in the trains and the necessary resources that they need. But I think because my husband doesn't recruit, um, it hasn't impacted us as much. Like, so, he, I mean, he's not on the phone. He's not doing those things. So he doesn't have to have those conversations, you know, with, with, with kids. But, I mean, I, we were having them. And it definitely, it, it just changes things. It changes the dynamics. It um it changes, like I said, the sometimes the motivation, you know, and so still trying to still doing that with, but still knowing you need to remain relevant was always a challenge because you, 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 you got to win, you know? And so uh, it was always a challenge for sure. It is. And then how do you navigate that? Obviously you're at power five and incredible programs for both times, most recently of women's basketball and him there, uh, you know, how do you connect with the players and make sure they know that those, you know, those bonds are strong, obviously, because sometimes people are recruiting them off your roster, whether we say it or not. Oh, Don't well, answer that. But I'm just saying, you know, how do you connect with players on a, on rosters where they probably don't have a significant amount of needs, right? I mean, they're well taken care of at Alabama or Indiana or some of these places like that. How do you how do you navigate that? I think for me, it was just always being being authentic, um, being true to who I was, um, not selling things that I know I couldn't I promise or deliver on. But I think just loving them through and through, you know, and that was one. And it was challenging that part, especially ones that leave, you know, ones that leave your program. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I try to remind them, if I loved you while you were here, well, I mean, why not love you when you're gone, right? You're still you're still a human. You're still an 18 to 22 year old. You know, you're still you're still figuring things out. If I look back on the decisions I made when I was 18, 22, good lord, I'd I'd be like, what are you? That, that, you don't know what you're doing, you know. But I'm also 37 now, you know. So my somebody gave me this advice: the players we coach are always 18 to 22. We're the ones that get older. We get wiser. We understand things. And so I think just always trying to just just love the kids where they were. Um, being authentic, being true, um, treating them right, you know, and but letting them understand that this is not, you know, if you don't like it here, you can't go somewhere else because somebody else will come to us. Like that was the thing. Like I'm, I'm we're not betting. Like there's not. No, you can't get rid of everybody. You can't get rid of your whole roster. You gotta have some strategy behind this thing, you know. So, but, you know, I think just understand it, but uh, but also to putting putting perspective in front of them of like, you're not gonna like every decision that everybody makes. You know, I was real time. I don't, I don't, I don't like all the decisions that people I work with make. But we all have to work together for a common ground. We all know what we're we're working towards. You know, we all have a mutual 
respect, love, and understanding for each other. So you don't you don't have to like every play that's being called. You don't have to like every practice we do. That's not reality, you know. Um, you don't have to like me every day, <laughs> you know. You don't have to like what I say, but you know, it's coming from a good place. It's to push you to be the best you want to be. And so I think just having that open, I think they could sense and understand, you know, that I, that I was being genuine and just being there for them when they need to when they need to talk, listen, like. And at times, and they'd be like, oh, I know you're going to think I'm being soft. And I'm like, yeah, but I still listen. What's up? What's that going on? <laughs> Talk to me. Come on. You know, can work through it. Then it was my job to maybe reel them back in a little bit. But then again, understand, I think being a mom helped me do this. I understand that post. Sometimes they, it's not soft. Sometimes they really are having a hard time. You know, sometimes they really are struggling with something. And so um, I never want to minimize um any feeling or emotion that somebody's going through. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help you get through it. Um, and then I also, what I always tell people all the time, when you, when you come to me, do you, you just need an ear? You need perspective? You need feedback? Because once we open those doors, I got to start giving you some some real. I'm not just going to sugarcoat things. I'm not just going to put you in a light. And again, I, do, I did it all with the grace and understanding and love and things of that nature. But we have, there's some hard conversations that had to go on. Okay, so what types of conversations do you two have, or what ways do you stay connected during the season? I know there can't be many hours, especially with three kids. So how do you manage this, especially in the fall? So one of the things that we started last year, now again, I, I say this with, with give me grace because we are not perfect at this and we miss our times, but we started having what we deem family meetings on Sunday night. So once we got the kids down, um, it was our time to sit on the couch together, uninterrupted, phones down, TV off, and we would just talk. And everything was on the table. Anything, and I'm, and I will be from from marriage to what goes on in a marriage, if you know what I mean. You know, to um, how we can connect. To am I doing things that you don't like? Is there anything that I'm doing that's getting on your nerves? Um, what's the schedule? That was big with the schedule. That was big for us when I was working. So what's going on? Just the logistics. Who's picking up who on Monday? Who's dropping off who on Tuesday? Who has a doctor's appointment this week? Who has a dentist appointment this week? Um, where am I going to be out of town? And who's coming to take? Who's coming at? Who's coming off at five a.m. on Thursday when I'm gone? You. So that was a big part of the conversation. Um, so that was our that was our thing, and we still try to do that again. Three kids has definitely brought a challenge because. Jojo still is up in the air with his sleep. And so Sunday nights when we get the two kids down, the older ones, he may still be up. Well, we have had a meeting with him still awake sometimes, but um, you know, that but that is the one thing we have tried to do. We don't get as many date nights in as we like, you know. Um, I'm hoping by weekend maybe we sneak on in. Um, but Jojo still might be with us because he him and bottles right now ain't their best friends. So <laughs> four top suppliers. So but maybe we get those other two out of our hair. <laughs> Just trying to communicate that intentional time on that Sunday to um, really spill each other. And then we also, uh, we prioritize family dinner. Um, so again, right now, I mean, we eat a little later. Like, we don't really eat till about 6.37 every night. So, um, but we, we, we try to leave our phones um, up and away and just take our time to connect with the kids and just be together. Very, very important. Do you get any downtime at all? <laughs> depends on how downtime is framed like right now i'm working from home and but i keep you know jojo at home with me and so even when he naps now i'm working i mean again maybe once all the kids go down to bed i may take a little time to myself um, i try to work out but again my workouts a lot of times include them like if you if you follow me on instagram mm -hmm. you see that they're 
they're oftentimes involved with me, but it's it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm at a, I'm at a stage in my life and I accepted that I mean, my kids are my priority, you know? And so if that means that my downtime is five minutes or, or my downtime is just my cup of coffee sipping in the morning, I'm okay with that. You know, I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm truly okay with being hundred percent invested in my kids right now. It is exhausting. Trust me. And I've, I've had, again, communication with my husband sometimes, you know, when he comes home and, you know, I'm like, baby, you have to understand, like, I literally haven't had a break all day. Like, I keep a kid at home with me. Like, I like, I literally haven't had a break. And so, yeah, I may need you to to do bath all by yourself. And but usually even even then, I'm still doing something. I'm fixing the, you know, I'm, I'm picking out what they wearing tomorrow. But at least I don't have to have no kid. Like, you go do bath. Let me go do. I don't mind that. I don't mind picking out what they wear. You go, you know, so just that communication alone. But I, I don't get much downtime um, right now. But but I, and I say that truly and genuinely like I, i'm okay with that now i just feel like we're, we're all at different stages of our life right like we, we we all are at different places and i'm okay in the place that i'm in right now and that's i give all i got you know to my kids because they're going to come a place where again when they're when they're you know and I, I i look forward to those times too and so i know a lot of times people that that's not what everybody wants to hear everybody's like you gotta take you gotta have your self-care you got and, and i do it i'm on you know I, I have my different versions of my self-care you know um, but I, I'm okay being invested, you know, into my kids right now. You've been a college basketball coach. You've been a stay-at-home mom, working mom. Is the mom piece as hard as being a single basketball coach? 100%. If, if not more difficult, you know, I think when, because you, the, here's the thing I think the difference is, you know ball, like, you know sports, like, you know you know how to scout. You know how to recruit. There's there are some unknowns that come up. Motherhood is full of unknowns. Motherhood is full of uncertainties. Motherhood is full of. I'll I'll just say it like <laughs> WTF moments. Like you know what I mean. Like they just really are. Like you're really lost at times. Like you're really confused at times. You're you're always doing checks and balances on yourself. Was I a good mom today? Was I a hard mom? God, I shouldn't have yelled at PJ today. God, Ace is only two. I should have been more kind. Like, you're just constantly, you're constantly questioning yourself. Um, and that's why I think a good tribe comes in. You know, Michelle Obama used to call it a kitchen table uh, in her book. And I, and I think that's very important. I think you, that's where your your circle, your unit really comes in and helps you. And I have I have a few of those people in my life that, that help me with that. And so, um, I, mother motherhood far it, far far harder than being a basketball coach. Again, basketball again, you you, you know it. Again, are there things that come up that you have to figure out? Yeah, but I didn't usually go home questioning was I a good basketball coach every day. Now I had my moments, right. you know, but every every day I evaluate myself as a mom. And there are a lot of times I give myself a pat on the back because I think I'm a darn good mom. You know what I mean? So there, are, I don't say that to mean that like I'm thinking I'm like a terrible mom or anything like that. I try not to let you know. I have tough, I have bad mom moments. I have, I do. I have. I use other words sometimes, but I have moments where I'm not proud of you know, and that's where I really feel like I try to be transparent to my kids with like you know, mommy, mommy had a bad moment. I'm sorry. You know, I really um, and I ask PJ, PJ, do you forgive me? You know, and he's still learning all what that means. And, you know, so it's funny. I tell him that I, when I ask him to interpret, I'm like, well, sort of, kind of. We'll, we'll go with that for now. But, you know, just trying to just trying to always, you know, teach and communicate and be, you know, transparent with my kids for, within that manner. 
And that's what they remember for sure. Okay. If you could relive one moment as a coach's wife, your best memory, what would that be? If I, I'll say this, if I could relive would be, I missed the national championship game in 2020. Um, I was coaching um, and I think I had the next scout and we had practice and it was, I, so I missed it. I did. I, I missed it. I was home with PJ. Um, and again, a lot of things had COVID. I mean, there were a lot of, like, I really, I, I kind of couldn't go. Like, I mean, COVID, we had the bubble. I mean, we were all doing things that, you know, um, and then my best was, was being able, and even though we lost, um, was being able to go to the national championship um, in 2021, I believe. It was in Indianapolis. I was able to fly in and just be there to support them. Um, was great for me. And one thing I'm looking forward to coming up this and I've, I've told whether it's, and I, you know, you pray SEC championship. We did secure six wins. So we know we're going to a bowl game. So bowl game and hopefully I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. I'm going to be like, a kid in the can like I'm 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 going to do all the things. The only thing I'm I'm more like the casual wife. So all these like cute out for all the things that goes on. I'm like we just going there. We're gonna wear, we gonna we we support. We are there. I am I'm looking forward to the, the just going and traveling with my husband because he's not had that. You know I feel bad like he's literally one of the few people, especially married, whose wife's not there. You know and it's, I mean we didn't get married for that. Like we didn't we we got married to celebrate the moments you know with each other. So. Wow. Well stated. Okay. Rapid fire. Are you ready? Let's get it. I never do blank at a football game. Oh, uh, I don't usually engage with other people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't have time. <laughs> I'll do or say things, especially again, I had to remember for the longest I would be like, Oh wait, I still coach here. I still work here. Like <laughs> let me not. Cause I like to get, you know, I like to have fun. Like I like to get into it. I'm saying, you know, and I'm still myself, but I, I can't engage with other people. People, they, they, they're, they they have no idea. They have no idea. So I refuse to engage with other people. Let's say that. <laughs> you have a massive fan base that could say a few things. Okay. Dress up or dress down? to A hundred percent dress down. I dress am down. one. There's not even a question in my mind what I'm wearing. I, I need t-shirt. I need running shorts. I need leggings. I need I even like, I don't even want to wear my best shoes because I am in all the things cheering up dancing, walking around. I don't want my feet hurting. I don't want, I'm going to sweat. Like I'm literally going to be sweating, you know? And so, yeah, I'm a dress down girl all, all the time. If you go look, especially if you look back on our, like most of our maternity pictures and our, we, we call ourselves the casual Constantines. We are, now again, I know how to get cute now, you know, but we, we casual over here. Favorite college football atmosphere outside of Tuscaloosa? Favorite college atmosphere, I would have to say, this, I'm imagine, not, this didn't have to be football, right? I can go. Okay. All right. Any atmosphere outside of. I used to, I really enjoyed the IU men's basketball games. Not really. Those, 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 were, those were a lot of fun, especially some of the rival games in Assembly Hall. Again, I grew up in Indiana. You know what I mean? So I knew seeing that stuff on TV, what it was like. And so from a football standpoint, I mean, from a basketball standpoint, the IU football games. And I'll go back when and outside of Alabama, I used to love our football games, football game days at Wisconsin when I was a player. I thought it was the coolest thing. Fourth quarter, jump around. Oh, my gosh. Like, who didn't live for jump around fourth quarter when that started? So that was always very cool for me. My claim to fame. I was a glamour girl. Um, top 10 women of, like, all times when I was in college. <laughs> I'm, in the mag I'm in the magazine and everything. Yeah, it's top 10 college women. Um, it, was, it was basically you got that award for making an impact. Um, in your line of professional, just in the world. Yeah. 
I love it. Okay. <laughs> so yes, I was telling you, I'm a glamour girl. Glamour girl. You get a night alone. What show are you binge watching? Ooh. Uh, I am actually right now. Um, what show did I just? Oh my gosh. Why am I drawing a complete like I just started suits? Oh my gosh, what is the lawyer movie? Uh, Lincoln Lawyer, Lincoln Lawyer. I will say this. I I've really I, I I got involved with that show, but it's on a break right now, so I don't know if that counts because if not, does that count? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we'll go Lincoln Lawyer. That 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 was lawyer. there you go. Okay, what's your go-to meal to cook? Right now, let tacos. Tacos, tacos all day long. Like it, it is, and we can make a lot of things out of tacos. We can make crunch wrap out of tacos. We can make taco hard tacos. We can make soft tacos. We are a taco family. I make it probably every other week. <laughs> Literally, tacos is being made probably, and my husband loves it. Like that's the one thing about it. he's very simple, very like he doesn't care. I'm like, we doing tacos. He's like, yep. Perfect. What would be your walk up song? Hard in the paint by Waka Flocka. I yeah, that was that's always I, I do everything hard. Like I, I do motherhood hard, I do wife and hard, I do my life hard. I as a player when that song came on, I was like, We go hard in the paint. <laughs> so that got me going. I felt like I was gonna get a double double every time if I heard that song. Like it was I was I was guaranteed a double double. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for your time. Everyone go follow her on Instagram. Absolutely. Roll Tide, thank you so much. I appreciate you. It's, it's an honor, seriously, to be, to be on. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at ruler-hope or online at rulerofhope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.